It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. The show is made possible, as always, uh, by patrons such as Caddy and David and Mark and Lair and Krista and Sam and Paul and Dustin. Thanks so much for becoming patrons. You can as well. You get exclusive content, you get the merchandise, and you get the shout out during the beginning of every show. Well, I rotate the patrons. We have a bunch. So I rotate them through. So this way, they're, uh, it's not the same people every day. Because that would just get boring. It's exciting, like waiting to hear your name be read on the podcast and on the radio stations that we're on. So um, uh, thanks so much for becoming patrons. And you, you can become a patron just by going to thepetecalendarshow.com. And there is a link there at the uh, top of the page. All right, we have updates in the story that we've been covering all week on the political cartoon that was published at WRAL. Um, And uh, this really is a microcosm of all that is wrong with our current political media ecosystem in North Carolina, but also probably writ large. Uh, We are not having the actual debate because the people who are covering it are incapable of uh, understanding it, or they are unwilling to understand it, or they are unwilling to cover it, to tell us what it is actually about. The participants in the debate, they either know that the media isn't able to do it or is is unwilling to do it, and so they get to make uh, their narrative be the story. And it is completely unhelpful to a citizenry that is trying to be educated about what the debate is actually about. And to his credit, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina is attempting to make people aware of what the argument is about, although nobody is mentioning critical race theory yet. So maybe at some point they will. So to recap, WRAL and its parent company published a political cartoon yesterday, and it depicts a... Uh, and an elephant in KKK garb, and uh, and then on the the chest of the elephant's white robe, uh, it says uh, school board member GOP uh, uh, school board members. So this is the state school board. So we're going to get into that because the lieutenant governor. Uh, Mark Robinson held a news conference yesterday to respond to this. And we also now have a statement from the Capital Broadcast Company's uh, editorial director, Seth Efron. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, First, you need to get to general equipment rental. Okay, I mean, not right now. Well, maybe right now, if you're listening uh, to the podcast in your vehicle, uh, maybe, you know, just stop what you're doing wherever you were going. It's not as important as going over to general equipment rental and uh, picking up that tool that you need for the project. I don't know what the project is. I actually I mentioned yesterday the uh, belt sander and I actually had to go out and purchase a belt sander. Well, let me say that. Let me. I thought I had to purchase a belt sander years ago when I was doing work at the house and I was trying to flip a house. It wasn't really a flip. It was more like a roll because it took a long time. And um, I was doing the kitchen and it had the old uh, knotty pine uh, cabinets in the kitchen. And so I was taking and they were nasty. Okay, like whoever lived there before me, they cooked with a lot of fat, a lot of animal, a lot of animal fat. And I've told this story before where uh, like the range hood over the oven and I had to take this thing off because it wasn't up to code. And so I pull it out 
and it was old and nasty. And so I'm undoing the screws and there was a plate uh, up above it. And so I start undoing the screw. And as I pop that first screw out that covers the pl- that uh, holds the plate in place, uh, that covers the inner, you know, the, the electrical innards. As I pop that screw out, the oil starts draining <laughs> right out of the out of the hood. I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to get rid of it. So that's the kind of oil situation I was looking at on the cabinets. And so I said, let me go and sand them down. Just take the top, you know, off of all of the uh, the doors. And so I'm using this little orbital sander. And I'm like, this is terrible. I need a belt sander. And I went out and purchased one. And I never used it again. I used it for that one project. And then it sat in my uh, shed just collecting dust. I never used it again. So uh, the moral of the story here is, if I could have rented the tool just for the project, I would have done so. That's what general equipment rental does, okay? So go get your tool, get the job done, and bring the tool back. And then you're not out of pocket for all of the cost of that tool that you're never going to use again. General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com. That's the website, generalrents.com. And think outside your toolbox. All right, so we have some, uh, we got some reporting on uh, the the political cartoon that was drawn by this uh, person. What's his name? Dennis Drawn, I think is his name. <laughs> like literally, his name is Dennis Drawn or or Dragon. I still don't know how to pronounce it. And I would have asked him, but he locked down his Twitter account for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. He locked his Twitter account. He is also, by the way, a middle school and eighth grade social studies teacher. Yeah, he's an eighth grade social studies teacher that does political cartoons on the side, apparently, for Capital Broadcasting Company. And that, which is WRAL's parent company. Uh, I, I think that's quite interesting. Of all the people, of all the professions that one might be in while drawing these political cartoons about the social studies standards and how divisive the critical race theory is that they're, that the left is trying to embed into the standards, which, by the way, uh, kudos to all of the North Carolina political reporters that were able to cover this story without mentioning critical race theory. Really, just bravo. It's just some great work. Like, really, like... I find it to be quite impressive when people are able to, you know, blatantly and obviously ignore the root issue of a story as as the political press corps has in this case. So kudos to them. Uh, By the way, I still don't see any uh, commentary from uh, several of the political reporters who are usually very willing to give us their opinions about uh, things of this nature. They have not weighed in on this. You know, the the calls for people to disavow or defend certain comments or actions by their colleagues, uh, the people that are usually leading those outrage mobs in the media, they're all quiet for the last 24 hours about this topic. I, I wonder why. Look, there is something going on here. It's a very, it's a moment of, of uh, it's a teaching moment. It's a teachable moment, right? Uh, it, it is instructive. Because I have always said, right, it is very easy to attack your opponents, much harder to attack your allies. And when you and and in the culture war, you're willing to overlook the transgressions of your allies. And that's why a lot of people on the right, a lot of Republicans are not interested in responding to these uh, emails 
that certain political reporters will send out, like, your colleague said that, uh, you know, 9-11 was an inside job or something like that. You know, do, do you stand by this person? Do you agree? Uh, uh, you know, condemn or, den- or, or defend? Condemn or defend? This is what they demand all the time. Because when a scandal is about a Republican, the story is the scandal. And when a scandal is about a Democrat, the story is about the Republican response to that scandal. And this is a perfect example of it. This is what happened. You've got political reporters that were framing the reaction by the lieutenant governor, Mark Robinson, uh, as that he took offense to the cartoon, that uh, he took umbrage at it. He was offended by it. Like that became the story, his reaction to this cartoon. See, the story isn't the cartoon because they all agree with the cartoon. And when you read how they write their stories, they agree with the premise being asserted by the left vis-a-vis critical race theory, that America is a systemically racist country and always has been. And they think it is proven. They, they don't think there is another argument to be had. And actually, Mark Robinson makes this argument. He did it at the board meeting. He did it at the press conference. And it never shows up in the reporting. I wonder why that is. So I will tell you, it's very simple. It's a very simple counter argument when it comes to critical race theory, which and Robinson says this, the same system that allowed for slavery allowed for its repeal, its abolition, the same system that allowed for Jim Crow to be enacted in southern states for decades. Uh, The same system allowed for the undoing of Jim Crow, the same system that allowed for the separate but equal right uh, in the schools allowed for Brown v. the Board of Education. So does that mean that the system is racist? Because if you're only looking at, okay, yes, the system allowed for racists to implement slavery, right, That, that the system did allow for that, but the system also allowed for its abolition. So does that make the system racist or not racist? Because the system also allows for the undoing of this bad thing. See, it's sort of an amoral system, right? It, it can be used for good and it can be used for bad. And the founders were actually pretty explicit about this. They, they said this is wholly unsuitable for, uh, you know, for a population that isn't striving to be good. This, so they recognize the limitations of all man-made structures when it comes to governance. And they said, we're going to put in place, this is the same deal with capitalism, by the way, which is it's amoral. It's apolitical, right? It doesn't take a position. It's not an inherently good or bad. It's the same way that um, I, I argue about this all the time when you get reporters that are trying to do economic stories and they're like, in good economic news, like economic news is rarely purely good or purely bad. Okay, it's it's these are just data points in a much larger um, uh, tableau, and so reporters though are trying to fit information into a limited space, and usually the reporters that are doing so don't actually understand the topics they're covering, because they're they're forced to go cover many many different beats, many stories, many topics, and so they are uh, you know they dabble in a lot of areas, and they're an expertise in zero of them. Okay. yet these are the people that you turn to to get informed, right? Theoretically, from an from an intellectual and an informed perspective, you're thinking that they are giving you this information when, in fact, they usually are just simply passing it on from one person to you, from a government official to you. 
In which case then, in today's day and age, do I really need you? <laughs> Can't I just get it straight from the government official? Anyway, um, I know I'm on a tangent here. But the argument that Mark Robinson lays out repeatedly that never makes it into this debate in the media is that the same system that allowed for these bad things to have been implemented also allowed for them to be uh, deconstructed. And so therefore, how could the system be inherently racist? Doesn't that make sense to you? It makes logical sense. It's a very simple argument. It's this is not difficult. It doesn't need to be more complex. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that you don't teach that racists used the government in order to do bad things, because that's the warning about the limitation of all governments, which is when you have bad people that do things with the power of government, it can affect a lot of people negatively, which is why you want the government to be as limited as possible. So bad people can't use it to do really awful things to each other. This is the entire freaking concept of limited government. This is it in a nutshell. And this is why I suspect a lot of people on the left do not want to have this debate because they think that we can figure out a way to make government, quote, good. If we just put the right people in and we have the right uh, governing philosophy and we have the right economic system, socialism, and we have the right political system, socialism, then it will all be good. And that's an impossibility because they are all man-made structures. And man is not perfect. When you put people in charge of these tools, of this apparatus, this infrastructure, bad things can and do and will happen because we're humans. And the founders recognize that. Now, speaking of man-made structures, if you are looking for one to live in, then I recommend you call uh, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, and they will uh, find your next home. Your dream home is waiting. All you got to do is call Rowena Patton. Uh, if you are looking to sell your house, same phone number, 333-4483. She and her team actually outsell 99% of the realtors in the entire state of North Carolina. So give her a call. Go to the website, mountainhomehunt.com. Put the team to work for you. They've got buyers lined up and they have homes in all price points. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com and start packing. Let's get back to Mark Robinson, who held this press conference yesterday. Let me go ahead and play the uh, the opening. And I apologize. The audio is not fantastic here um, because he did it outside and it was very windy in Raleigh. Let me start out by saying this. Uh, and I'm going to preface these comments with this. This is not about anybody's uh, point of view. It's not about your freedom of speech. I'm wholeheartedly in favor of hearing everyone's opinion, no matter how, how vile someone may think it is. I'm wholeheartedly in favor of you being able to voice your opinion. All right, so I will I will interpret here because of that wind, and it does, it's not that bad for out, uh, throughout the audio, just heads up. That's like one of the worst bits was right there. So he says, I'm all in favor of free speech. I'm all in favor of hearing everybody out. And that's not what my complaint is about. That's not what this is about. But what I want to talk about here today is not about opinions. It is about what people, who people say they are and who they prove themselves to be and the hypocrisy thereof. Now, here we are, second day of Black History Month. One day removed from television stations, newspapers, and other mediums celebrating February 1st down in my hometown of Greensboro, where people took a stand against racism and bigotry. 
And on the second day of Black History Month, the second, the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina has been portrayed as such by one of the largest news outfits in this state. Now this is not a private individual. This is not somebody's Facebook page. This is a newspaper that goes out to millions of readers. A newspaper that, if asked, would tell you they stand up for equality and freedom and justice. That would stand up and celebrate Black History Month. A newspaper that did not even know that a black man was the date that I was uh, put into office on these steps. They weren't even aware of it. And they're right here in this town. Again, it's not about their right to say it. It's about them proving exactly who they are. That cartoon, that doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is the hypocrisy behind it. All right, so I'm feeling I got to point this out because this comes up later in the reporting. He says, that cartoon, it doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is the hypocrisy. That's important. You'll understand why in a minute. That's what bothers me, that you would portray a black man just because he's in the GOP as a clansman that you would portray an American Indian woman, a Native American woman, Olivia Oxendale, who's a lonely Indian, and who has had to face the Klan, face to face, and their egregious actions, and have, has had to fight against them. You would portray her as something that vile. The hypocrisy is mind-numbing, folks. And I'm here to tell you right now, this office is not gonna stand by and let it go by and when I'm not going to go along to get them on, I'm going to call them out on every on every time. Because here it is. What I'm going to know from WRAL, is that who you are? Is that who you want to represent yourself to be in this state? Again, not a private individual. It's not a private Facebook page. That is a newspaper. Sells itself to millions of people across this state. That would put something that vile out. All right, so to answer his question... Is that who you are, Capital Broadcasting Company, WRAL? The answer is yes, that is actually who they are. <laughs> it's very clear. Uh, it is who they are. Um, and in case you uh, had any doubt, they put out a statement that confirms that is who they are, standing by it and dismissing any kind of concerns about it. Yeah. If you, if you, because I'm, I'm not offended by it. I'm just, I'm, what angers me about it is. The deceitfulness, the dishonesty of it, I have a very low tolerance for people in these types of positions that use their platform to lie. And that's what this is. It is a lie. This teacher depicts the Republicans as members of the Klan. That isn't based on a lie, which is, first off, that they are members of the Klan, obviously. But the second is that their opposition to embedding critical race theory into the standards for social studies and history, K through 12, is somehow rooted in their desire to ignore racism. Every single member that spoke at the Board of Education meeting, they were all very explicit. And see, this is part of the problem when you have reporters that are now reporting, quote unquote, on topics that they don't know anything about. They were not covering the school board meeting. They're relying in some cases on maybe their colleagues work who did cover it or they're relying on other reports from other reporters from other outlets like the AP and they're relying on on that information. And so they feel they they feel like they're smart enough 
to convey to you, quote, the truth about something, having not actually witnessed any of the events. It really is amazing. It's really disturbing, actually, that they did not. Look, I went and watched that school board meeting. We pulled the audio. We listened to it the other day. If anybody wanted to get the recap, you can go and just listen to my podcast and you'll hear all of the arguments. The arguments were very explicit from the Republicans. We're not saying ignore racism. We're saying we want there to be balance. And we're saying that we don't like the tone. Now, none of them identified, nobody did, identified critical race theory, which is the bot, that is the root of the argument here. And I think the sooner we get to that, the, the, the sooner we move past this kind of, you're a Klansman kind of stupidity, I would like to think. I would like to think that's the case. I'm not sure <laughs> it actually will be, but I would like to think that's the case. Um, here's something I like is uh, I love getting emails and testimonials from people who go and patronize our sponsors. Uh, I got this the other day from Paul. He said, Pete, just a note on our excellent experience with Mattress Man. We wanted to turn our small guest bedroom into a multifunction room. Our design required two narrow twin beds, like 30 inches wide, and we wanted to put them into an L shape for seating, um, or, and this way it would allow people to then move the bedding uh, to combine it to make a queen-size guest bed. The size is not readily available, but... Wes, one of the sleep consultants at Mattress Man, came through with their Nature's Spa line from Paramount. Twin mattresses were then cut to order and delivered. Uh, The delivery is a reasonable time frame. The delivery crew happily reworked their schedule around hours, and we were very, uh, they were very helpful and courteous during the setup and removal of our old mattress. You're fortunate to have them as sponsors. I completely agree. Head on over to Mattress Man and take advantage of the triple zero deal. Uh, They will work with you no matter your credit. Um, And so the triple zero deal is no money down, no interest for two years and no payments for 90 days. Also, right now, the tax refund sale is going on. You buy now, pay later with no interest financing. Sleep on your mattress right now and pay it off when your tax return comes in. The Split King mattress blowout continues as well. You can score a free adjustable base with the purchase of select mattresses. So head on over to Mattress Man. They have five-star local delivery service. They do ship nationwide, and they have a 120-day comfort guarantee. Uh, Experience the difference. It's at Mattress Man. Website, mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. All right, so Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson He noted how the supporters of the new social studies standards, um, uh, that they always say that, you know, these are not divisive. These standards are not divisive because that's what the Republicans were arguing, that the standards were divisive. And the supporters of the standards say, no, they're not. Um, He says, but now that people are waking up and seeing... Uh, what the what's in the standards and what these standards mean, there's growing backlash to them. In fact, he's got a petition up against the uh, standards, and it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 26,000 signatures now, which is about, gosh, four to five times as many uh, uh, comments as was received uh, during the open comment period when they from the Board of Education when they were discussing this. Uh, so, th- like, that's what Robinson is able to do, by the way. Like, he's able to marshal those kinds of forces uh, and affect change because he has this kind of, uh, you know, populist movement behind him. So 
he uh, he says now that people are aware of this, there's a growing backlash, proving that he and his colleagues on the State Board of Education were right to try to slow down the adoption of these standards. And there's some serious discussions to be had about it. And if they're not divisive, how in the world will we end up here? What I understand, the person who drew this is an eighth grade social studies teacher. That's true, and he's teaching these falsehoods. Because by the way, wasn't anybody in the GOP that promoted the Ku Klux Klan? I don't. Well, I don't know if that's technically true. By the way, I'm not sure because I'm. I'm sure there are members of the Klan that were Republicans at some point. Now, that's not to say that they weren't predominantly Democrats because they were. Uh, but I think there, at some point throughout history, probably there were people that were promoting the the Klan that were in the Republican Party. I feel the need to point that out because you know we're trying to be honest and assess everything from a from an honest and objective standpoint and say, look, this is the history, right? This is the history. I mean, Strom Thurmond, right? Dixiecrat, well, Democrat to Dixiecrat to Republican. Kind of thinking, yeah, he might qualify at some point, right? Well, he was a Democrat when he did it. Yeah, he's an obvious example, though. You know, racist guy uh, was in both parties. So it's not strictly one or the other. However, when you look throughout history, it is predominantly Democrat. Uh, and then, of course, Democrats are like, well, they all became Republicans, like all the racists became Republicans. This is the Democrats big lie. They tell themselves this in order to disavow their own uh, party's history because they're so ashamed of it, uh, although they then work to you know, keep people dependent on government. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, uh, Robinson says that this cartoon um, is 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 the example of what you get when you view th- things through this racial lens all the time. This is what critical race theory engenders. This is part of it, that it's no longer a principled opposition to uh, certain standards being included. No, no, no. It's you must be a racist. That's what critical race theory induces in people. And you want this to be taught in all of the schools to all of the kids? That's why this is divisive. And if you call it divisive, well, that just means you're racist, <laughs> right? It's This is the same stupidity at the core of the white fragility argument, which is that uh, white people are racist. And if you tell them they are racist and they get mad at you for calling them a racist, well, that's just proof that they have white fragility because you should be able to call people racist and they should accept that and know that they are inherently racist and can never be anything other than a racist. It's an incredibly destructive philosophy. And that's that that's its purpose, by the way, is to destroy. Um, he then links this cartoon and the sentiment expressed in it to the January 6th Capitol riot. We're busy investigating people for simply going to Washington, D.C. And yes, the vast majority of people who went to Washington, D.C., just went to have their voice heard. There was a small minority who did some very bad things and should be punished. But the vast majority of people who went to Washington, D.C. simply went to have their grievances addressed. Now we're trying to hunt down those people and demonize those people simply for wanting to have their voices heard. While a teacher in a a North Carolina middle school would draw a drawing like that picked in the first black lieutenant governor as a Ku Klux Klansman. It's something we cannot stand for, folks. It's something that I'm not going to stand for. Free speech, yes, I'm all for it. But when your free speech proves you to be a hypocrite, and I will say this publicly, 
proves you to be a hypocrite and a liar. We won't stand solid for it. We're going to stand up against it. So this was interesting. I, I, I pulled this soundbite because Tim Pulliam, a reporter at ABC 11 TV, he uses that soundbite in a tweet about two hours after the press conference ends. And he tweets out uh, a video of that clip. And he says, North Carolina's first black lieutenant governor, Republican Mark Robinson, shares his opinion on the Capitol Hill siege where five people died. <laughs> it's like, why would you pull that sound by? Why is that the story? Which he then got grief for. People were like, this is why nobody trusts you guys in the media. You're playing this game of like, that's the story. You pull this quote from that press conference. And then, of course, he does a story on the cartoon aspect of the like the the, the actual reason for the press conference. He goes back and does a story on that. And then he comes back like four hours later and he's like, just for the record, I did do a story on this. I'm like, yeah, but your first immediate, you know, breaking news kind of thing. Hey, everybody, look at what I got. Now, I don't know, maybe he was trying to get some sweet, sweet web clicks uh, off of the uh, the video tying it into the Capitol siege. I, I don't know. I don't know. And that does, by the way, that that, that is a driving force. You, you're trying to create content to drive clicks. It's one of the nice things about doing the podcast here for myself, which is I'm never pressured by anybody to do things that I don't want to do <laughs> because it's all mine. If I don't want to cover a topic, I'm not covering it. If um, if I want, like, I'm doing a story and like, oh, Pete, you know, you're just saying that. No, I'm not. Like, I get to say whatever I want to say. It's very simple. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not doing anything for the for the clicks, for the hits or anything. I just do the show. And if I have success, so be it. Robinson uh, then opens it up for questions. And this reporter, Tim Pulliam, he is the first one uh, to ask a question of the lieutenant governor. You talk about hypocrisy. Yes. But some people who are going to watch you tonight are going to think that you are hypocritical. Yes. I realize that you're all right so he's saying you can't really hear him because he's talking through a mask and he's off camera there but uh he's saying uh you know some people would say right in other words he would say <laughs> that uh uh, that you're the hypocrite here because you wrote posts and made posts on YouTube and Facebook uh, that some would say are homophobic and anti-Semitic, which, by the way, I haven't found, I, I wasn't really clear on why he got smeared as an anti-Semite for talking about the Rothschild. Now, it's a conspiracy theory, no doubt, but um, I, I, I didn't see him as saying like the Jews or anything. I didn't see that, but I could have missed that. I could have missed something. But Mark Robinson has a history uh, prior to his run for office where he would say all of these things on his uh, Facebook channel, his Facebook page. And they are Christian conservative things. He does not believe in like gay marriage, for example. He, he's taken a lot of heat over that. The pain yes. So how do you respond to those concerns from people that say you are a so how do you respond to the to those concerns from people who say you are the hypocrite? That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked that, and here's the answer. Because when I made those comments as a private citizen, and I explained this to you before, uh, Tim, when I made those <laughs> posts as a, as a private citizen, I was... So wait a minute. I explained this to you before, Tim? So he's had this conversation with this guy, with this reporter. So this is not the first time. Isn't that interesting? Here's another interesting thing. Um, cold weather gear, you can find it 
cheaper than you find it at like the big outdoor stores, the big boxes. You can find it at Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Isn't that interesting? It's true. I have um, long sleeve thermal underwear uh, top that I got. And uh, it's really cool. I've never had one of these where at the bottom of the sleeve, like at the hand, it's got a little loop and you put your thumb through it. That came in really handy when we were out uh, in the elements over the uh, last weekend and we were outside and it started snowing and everything. And I got to I put the uh, put the sleeve up over the glove and it keeps all of the cold air, but and also the snow from getting in the um, uh, into the cuffs of your jacket. It's a great idea. Like. Why did it take so long to invent this? Or I guess for me to get it. I, that, that's something else, I guess. Go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus. It's where I got mine. Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde on Main Street. Uh, it is across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Be sure and ask Tim about uh, the the origin story of that anti-aircraft gun. It's a great story. Uh, I will not spoil it for you. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the inventory there as well. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. All right. More now from the uh, Robinson answer about, aren't you the hypocrite? And he's saying, well, I made those posts as a private citizen. To issues that I'm passionate about. But as a public servant, and I said this to you, as a public servant, I have to put those opinions behind me. I apologize. I I know. I apologize. The car goes by. He says, I have to put my opinions on that sort of stuff aside, right? Because I am now representing all the people of the state. I made those comments as a private citizen. And I'm grown enough to do that. If I was a teacher, I would not have posted those things. A teacher should not have posted that. And if I ran a a statewide publication like WRAL, I would not post something like that. It's all about where you stand at the moment when you speak. It's not about what you say because we all have the right to say these things. But it's about where you stand when you say them and who you're saying them to. That's the issue that I take here. I don't mind the fact that people have the right to say these things. But I do mind when they tell me that they're not racist, that they stand up for justice, that they stand up for equality. And then their institution or their publication does that. And then they print something like that. That's the hypocrisy that I have a problem with. So Robinson said that he's willing to discuss this issue on the standards with anybody, and he actually did so, he said, with the NAACP, for example. He said it was an intelligent conversation that he had, uh, but that is not what WRAL did with that cartoon, uh, and that the media company has a responsibility to engage in logical, intelligent conversations about topics like this. My major opposition to it is that I think that the the way the social studies standards are crafted right now, that they point to calling our uh, our nation systemically racist. And I'm diametrically opposed to that. I do not believe we live in a systemically racist nation, nor have we ever lived in a systemically racist uh, nation. Are there racists now? Yes. Have there been racists in our history? Yes. Have they done vile and evil and disgusting things? Yes. Were they dealt with? Yes. Did we or have we overcome them to a large extent? We have, and we are still working in every segment of our community to root out racism and root out racism and running out of every institution that it may be in. But we are using the American system of government to do that. We are using our court systems and our laws and the words of our founding documents to do that. And that's the argument that I have. 
that the founding of this nation, our founding documents, our constitution, our system of government is not racist. It is the exact thing that is helping us overcome racism today and will continue to help us uh, overcome racism. Some people on the other side will say that the constitution was written and black people were not considered even human beings, 100% human beings. Yes. That would be an example of systemic yes. discrimination. Yes. So you have Jim Crow law. Yes. You have redlining. Yes. You have the by the way, the very examples that Tim Pulliam is uh, offering were offered by James Woods, the school board member, last week. Okay, let's take the first one. Uh, I suppose you're talking about the three-fifths compromise. See, this is another example of why we need to teach real history. The three-fifths compromise was put into our Constitution to limit the power of slaveholding states in this nation. Yes! The slaveholders wanted to count their slaves as whole individuals for the purposes of having a population count that would give them control of our federal government. Exactly. He's exactly right on this. People who cite the three-fifths compromise as proof of systemic racism, like, it, it, it was actually, the southern states wanted to count slaves towards their population so they could control the federal government, but not give them any rights to vote. Right? So they wanted it both ways. They wanted to count them as people when it was convenient and gave them power. And then they wanted to not count them as people when uh, they didn't want to give them any of the rights that are afforded to people. Right. So that's what the compromise was about. And and it was about another thing that Robinson points out here now. The three-fifth compromise prevented that. And why did it prevent that? And why was it placed in? Because slavery was never a settled issue in this exactly. nation. There have always been people at the highest level that have fought against it. The second thing, Jim Crow. Yes, there were racist people who used the Constitution and our Supreme Court to set the standard of separate but equal. But again, the American system of government through hard work and perseverance would, would prevail again and in the 1960s. All right. So he and so he says we overcame it with Brown v. Board of Education, uh, which I articulated earlier. So like in the audio, again, I apologize for the clarity on the audio. It's the best I could find. Um, But it's worth hearing because this is the argument that you're not hearing anywhere in the reporting. In fact, in the story by Will Duran at the News and Observer, um, he says, you know, that uh, uh, Mark Robinson is taking umbrage at the cartoon. Do you think? Do you think that that would be framed like that if, I don't know, a Republican had drawn a cartoon of some, you know, person of color in a similar setting? I don't know. Democrats on the board want teachers to acknowledge systemic racism within government and society and to talk with students about racial and gender discrimination. Republicans on the board disagree. That's how this whole argument is framed, which is an assumption that the systemic racism philosophy, that this theory, this critical race theory is true. It's built into Duran's sentence right there. Democrats want teachers to acknowledge it, not that they want them to explain it or prove it or talk about it. No, no, they want they want to acknowledge it, which means what? That it exists and it needs to be acknowledged. And then they so Democrats want teachers to acknowledge this and to talk with students about racial and gender discrimination. Republicans disagree. That's not actually the case. Republicans don't disagree that they want teachers to talk about American history, as they said last week, quote, warts and all, but they want a balance, right? They they want a balance. Duran goes on to say that um, some of the board's GOP members said 
Systemic racism does not exist. Others said acknowledging racism would undermine the message that the U.S. is the greatest country in the world. That's a lie. That did not happen. Nobody said that if we acknowledge racism, it undermines the message that we're the best country in the world. Nobody said that. And and to his credit, Duran does not put quotes around that lie. But that's not true. They're talking about critical race theory being used to advance the notion that America is an inherently racist country, has been from the founding, because this gets to the point of what critical race theory and systemic racism requires, which is if once you understand that systemic racism uh, exists, then you have to work to deconstruct it. You've got to tear it down. And if you're not part of the tearing down, then you are a racist, too. This is the point. And then in in. in Getting people on board with this concept, with this philosophy that America is inherently racist, now the elites, they get to break any kind of allegiance or loyalty to the nation as a concept because it's inherently racist. That's bad. So I don't owe it anything, which means I can do whatever I want to do. I got a, I got a free pass to do whatever I want to do and espouse whatever kind of systems I want and behave however I want because I have zero loyalty to an inherently bad system. That's the point here. That is an incredibly destructive thing for a society. It is advanced by people who wish to tear down the constructs of this society. And if that's what you are intent on teaching kids K through 12, then you should expect pushback. You should expect people like me and Robinson to come after you for it because you're being dishonest. So speaking of which, here is the statement from Seth Efron, who is... The editorial, uh, sorry, the opinion editor for WRAL and the parent company, uh, uh, the Capital Broadcast Company. Quote, editorial cartoons are creative and provocative, using hyperbole and satire. No one believes Republicans on the State Board of Education are members of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, I see. So when you drew the Klan hoods, you just meant to represent that they were in the Klan when they're not in the Klan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, what's that's such high comedy. That's a new one. I've, I've never heard of such a comparison. Oh, that the Republican minorities, uh, that they are in the Klan. But we don't really mean they're in the Klan. And surely nobody thinks that they're in the Klan. Except, see, here's the thing. They do. People do. People that you are drawing that cartoon for, your your red meat eating base, they do. They look at Republicans as Klansmen. In fact, here's a tweet from Bruce Sisoloff, North Carolina former reporter and editor, now retired from the News and Observer. This is a Fulbright scholar, he puts in his Twitter bio. If the sheet fits wear it. That's what he says. If the sheet fits, wear it. They believe this guy is, and this was a journalist and an editor at the News and Observer telling Mark Robinson that if the sheet fits, wear it. Don't tell me that people don't really believe that Republicans are in the Klan when you have been promoting this narrative that they are. It is so irresponsible. He goes on to state that so for, so that's the first lie, by the way, Seth Efron. The first lie is that the cartoon depicts them as wearing as being in the Klan. But that's a lie. They're not. We know they're not. And everybody knows they're not. I would submit that might be two lies. The editorial cartoon is meant to point out that these members of the state board are trying to wipe out from the social studies curriculum, the record of racism, which includes the Klan 
and the segregationist practices that were imposed in our state and nation's history. That is the third lie. That is a blatant lie. Nobody on the Board of Education has said to wipe out racism from the social studies curriculum. Nobody has said don't teach racism. Nobody has said that. In fact, they have explicitly said the opposite. So here you have the editorial or the opinion editor for Capital Broadcast Company and WRAL lying about what the message was, lying about why the cartoon is depicting what it depicts. This should matter to people. It should matter to the people that work at WRAL. So far, complete radio silence. Right, which obviously, because <laughs> it's much, it's much more difficult, right, to attack your allies in the culture war than it is your opponents. Now, I don't know why anybody would be opposed to taking CBD oil to trying it. If you've never tried it, please try the product that I use, which is Growers Hemp CBD Growers Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp Extract. I added it to my daily routine. I uh, take a couple of drops before I go to bed and I sleep more deeply now than I ever have before. And so these are North Carolina farmers. They control the whole process. They grow the crops. They have the manufacturing process from seed all the way to shelf. And uh, they did this because they saw a lot of, like frankly, the, the abuses that were occurring inside the uh, hemp industry because it was sort of a brand new industry. You had a lot of bad actors that were taking advantage of farmers. And these farmers said, you know what? Uh, screw those guys. Why don't we do it ourselves? And we will we'll deliver better quality and a lower price for people. Uh, and you not only get to uh, get some help on your wellness journey, uh, but you also get to support North Carolina farmers. Okay. So go to growershemp.com, use the promo code Pete and get 20% off. As with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer that I have to give you. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and the efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. So consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. North Carolina's own Growers Hemp. Growershemp.com. Uh, it's about the hemp and not the hype. I had a chance to speak yesterday with the North Carolina Republican Party chairman, Michael Watley, who was actually at Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson's press conference, uh, and I spoke with him afterwards about it. The cartoon was completely irresponsible, and really it's irresponsible from the from the point of the artist who drew it, and it's irresponsible for WRAL to run it. Um, I'm, I'm frankly appalled uh, at their judgment in, in putting that up there. Um, you know, and it really goes back to the calls for unity. You know, when we see uh, unity uh, is the message all the time uh, from the Democrats, and then we're having this very divisive conversation on social studies standards, and several Republicans want to step back and take a look at the specifics of what's in the proposed standards, and they're very divisive, uh, to have this type of, uh, uh, you know, cartoon really lobbed into the middle of that discussion like a hand grenade today uh, was was really shocking. And uh, the fact that you had, you know, six or seven different news cameras show up to Mark's press conference uh, shows you his ability uh, to help drive a narrative and help drive a story. Uh, and I can't fault him at all for being outraged uh, either with, you know, the cartoonist or uh, WRAL for running that. Yeah, which 
I, I don't understand how a TV station or why a TV station employs a cartoonist. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't like, I thought that was for print. I don't know why TV is doing it. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know a lot about TV and the way they work, but um, I, I, I am also, I am hesitant to, to even uh, to argue along these lines because I feel like I'm giving up the premise of the argument just by responding, you know, it, it, it's a it's something that I've always felt like Republicans seem like they're always on the defensive in all of these arguments, all of these political arguments. It seems like there is an adoption of a uh, a left of center premise upon which all of the arguments are held. And that cartoon is a good example of it, right? Because the cartoon says, oh, these are just inclusive standards. Well, they're not just inclusive standards. As you mentioned, they're, they're divisive. It's critical race theory that they're talking about, though nobody's talking about it by, those, by that name. So how do, you, like, how do you pivot away from fighting with the language that is crafted by your opponents and not you? Yeah, well, I, you have to fight something with something, right? You can't just fight something with nothing. And I think what Mark uh, is trying to do in this particular debate is to have the Board of, of Education reject the proposed standards and go back to the drawing table. Mm. And I think that's a really responsive or responsible position for him to take on this thing. And, you know, there's no way that you can wordsmith away the intent of this particular proposal. You know, they want to communicate that America is systemically racist and we're not. And they want to you know, push forward with a 1619 agenda, which is completely factually inaccurate and, and try and say that America is not, you know, an inherently great country, which we are. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, until Republicans can come up with their own proposals uh, on things like this to be able to say we're going to take one or the other, uh, or at least you can negotiate between them. All you're doing is, is fighting a rear guard action. Yeah. And uh, we need in all policy uh, you know, realms, whether it's, it's tax policy or it's education policy or it's transportation uh, policy, to, to be able to say, here is a good set of, of policy directives that are going to shape where we're coming from on this. You know, that Board of Education is five Republicans and five Democrats. There's no reason uh, that you should be thinking, oh, OK, well, we're going to lose, you know, seven to three or we're going to lose eight to two or we're going to try and minimize the damage here. Um, you really do need to play offense uh, in these types of fights. And I think, look, Mark, um, you know, to his credit, uh, is is not going to be uh, a quiet bystander. And he's no. certainly not <laughs> going to take, you know, uh, two years into a four year term uh, to feel comfortable in the chair before speaking up. Um, you know, he went in and said, here's a specific set of, of, of things that we need to accomplish in the education space. And if other people are pushing agendas other than that, we're going to fight against them. We're going to mention it. And, you know, I don't think he was disrespectful at all uh, during the initial conversations and saying these are problematic and we need to go back and retool it. Um, I think the response from the left uh, to him and, and Dr. Oxidine. Um, you know, in, in the work that she's doing on, on the board as well, uh, has really been over the top. And I think it's it's stunning to me uh, that that even a hint of we need a conversation immediately pivots back into, you know, a racial talking point like this is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it I, I want I ask this. Uh, it's a rhetorical question. Like if they if they could not accuse their opponents of being racist, 
could they actually argue any merits <laughs> of virtually any topic? Because it's gotten to be, it's almost a joke at this point as to how often they say it. And of course, that robs the word of the power, uh, which long term, you know, that's they're doing more damage to the cause, I think, um, on that front. But it, it really does get to this whole argument gets to uh, what exactly is the K-12 you know, government school model supposed to do? Like, what is the purpose of it? And if the purpose is to teach everybody to view everyone else, their fellow, you know, citizens through racial lenses all the time, then that that seems to me to be destructive rather than unifying. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I think the fact that you you resort to a racial attack um, and, and call people a racist when you're talking about a Native American woman and a black man uh, is really appalling and shows a lack of depth in their response whatsoever. You know, and, and again, it goes back to uh, the call from the left for unity uh, is really a specious call. It, it is really a call for conformity. And, and what they're saying is if you do not agree with us and you do not agree with these far left radical agenda uh, policy points, then then you must be racist or you must be awful in some other way. Um, you know, that's not unity. That's North Carolina Republican Party Chairman Michael Watley. That's actually a smaller part of a lengthier interview that I was able to do with him yesterday. We'll have uh, the entire interview uh, as a standalone podcast coming up in uh, well, probably tomorrow or the day after. But this week, it'll be up this week. Uh, but we, you know, I felt like I needed to include that in the topic because it was relevant to the topic at hand. And um, I think this is really going to be the battle lines. And I'm glad Robinson is fighting. And I'm glad Watley is fighting on this front because it has to be fought now. Uh, this idea that unity requires surrender. That is what we are seeing. They're not stating that and they will bristle and object to it if you frame it like that. But that is what is occurring. Watley is exactly right. Uh, so that's a wrap for this episode. I appreciate you listening and hanging out with me and let me hang out with you. Uh, remember, go to the PeteCallanerShow.com and subscribe to this here free podcast. Also think about becoming a patron. Uh, there's a link at the top of the page there. You get exclusive content and some pretty cool stuff. So thanks a lot for the support. I appreciate it. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>